it's recording cool yep we're rolling all right so i'm joined with laura harper she is going to explain all about economics to us today no she's no. um yep no. she's a master in economics just kidding would you say you're actually studying finance and accounting yes why did I think, are you getting a minor in economics? Um, I was, but then I changed it to business management because the economics program at Finley isn't very good. Oh, but, I did not know that. Sorry. Well, she's going to be giving us financial advice. <laughs> she's going to teach not us how to write out the pandemic recession and come out on top, right? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, you had an assignment to look up uh, what happened with oil today. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Do you want to share with us? Sure. Um, So basically, the futures contract, which do you know about futures contracts at all? Or should I explain those? Well, you can go ahead and explain it a little bit, yeah. Okay. So basically, a futures contract is a type of financial derivative. So it's based on the underlying asset of actual crude oil. But the futures contract itself is traded as to what the futures price will be. So that's the contract that people get into. So in, in the market, there's hedgers and speculators. So the hedgers are like, in the crude oil market, for instance, they're the, the, the marathons, the airplane industries, the companies who are actually using crude oil and have a role in the use of crude oil, whereas mm-hmm. speculators have really nothing to do with the actual product. They're just, we call them paper traders, so they're, they're just using the financial instruments to try and make money off of it. So that's the basic basic use of a futures contract is to either make money or to hedge against the physical product that you have. And so the futures contract today went negative for crude oil, which is the first time it's ever happened. And it ended up, the final closing, the lowest price that it hit was negative 37.63, which means that these producers are like paying people to take their crude oil away from them. This is WTI crude, which is kind of the American benchmark of the crude oil. So with that, basically futures contracts for crude oil are set up on a month-by-month basis. So all of them, this was for the contract that expired tomorrow, so all the rest are just kind of collapsing just to kind of chain reaction with that. So it's basically just you know, a, a very, very low demand in the market right now, extremely high inventories. Um, you know, OPEC just signed the deal to cut, what, producing 10 billion barrels a day, I believe, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. But we still have such low demand, such low prices, but such high supply. It's just kind of what caused the price to collapse like this. Well, there's no uh, storage for it also, no. right? Right, yep. Running out That's of kind of the main problem. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Don't you wish you had, um, <laughs> I don't know, somewhere to store oil right now? Oil tank farm, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you get a lot of money off Go of install that. Go install one. The Only big upfront cost there, but yeah. <laughs> that is, 
I, I mean, it's insane. You never really would think that so many uh, just like fundamentals have been destroyed in the last mm-hmm. couple months. Mm-hmm. Interest rates down to zero in the United States. Just the whole three, three years of a good economy wiped out in the span of weeks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what happens, I guess, when you're not um, active at all. It does, mm-hmm. it kind of questions maybe how strong it actually was underlying, though. I suppose it's probably overstated a bit, but... I think that we're, we, I think we have a debt problem, and, I, mm-hmm. and it's uh, not a good problem to have. I'd agree with you. So in my view, the stock market's so high right now because there's nothing else to put money into. There's not a good investment out there. That's a fair statement. Kind of a, I mean, it was severely hurt today down like 2% because of oil affected that overall, but. Right. So it's it's crazy still how much oil kind of drives the market and mm-hmm. how tethered it has been. Mm-hmm. It's very highly traded, very highly traded in terms of how much oil. I mean, we use a lot. This country uses a lot. Goes through a lot of oil, not just gasoline, but all the other all the other products that come off of crude oil, the asphalts, the plastics, like everything surrounding us comes from crude oil. Right. And, I mean, that's a lot. But how much it's traded. I mean, it's, if you look at open interest overall, it's close to 100 times how much we actually use is how much is traded, which means that there's a lot of those speculators in that market, which is really affecting the price quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, I don't know. I Thank you for educating me because I, I haven't really dove that deep into commodity trades which Mm -hmm. actually when i talked to you a while back you were were you studying um i did so my freshman year of college i did a research paper on the cocoa market and started i didn't finish i did applied some of the same concepts that i used in that to the creole market um but you know that was that would be a very long paper to write if i was going to do that because the crude oil market has the cocoa cocoa market's a lot more easy and straightforward whereas the crude oil market has so many factors that come into the price of it that that would be a lot to get into but yeah commodities derivatives tell you that do you think that this could damage oil enough to kind of decouple it from the overall economy or from the market what do you mean exactly as in they wouldn't be as connected anymore um i don't know i think it's been uh historically has been a pretty big like when i had to do an economic outlook forecast project last year one of the economic indicators that i looked at was crude oil prices like it's Mm -hmm. such an integral part to not only the the market but like our overall economy and becoming energy independent and all this has been a big part of america so i don't know if it's i mean i think if the economy slowly starts opening back up 
that'll help Kurt out immensely, but it's definitely taken a blow. Yeah. Hopefully we won't see another war out of it. No. <laughs> how many, I mean, how many of our wars or conflicts have been fought over oil in the last, the last 150 years or so? <laughs> Probably quite a few. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But no, I just, I don't, I don't feel like we have a very healthy market right now. But I also think that the stock market is still the best option for your money, as scary as it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, interest rates aren't. Well, there's really nothing else to invest in. No. There's nothing else. No. So that's why, like, I mean, I don't think the market is worth what it is, but I don't know how you can get out of it. If you get out of it, you're going to miss all that inflation mm -hmm. from all this money that's been pumped into the market. I guarantee most of that is going to go into the stock market, most of this bailout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, I'd, it's kind of a, an, an insane system. <laughs> but the way that you have it built, it's like, I don't know where how you could even make a different move than to bail out a lot of these things and to pump it with money. It's a lot of people's livelihoods and retirements that are woven into that. Right, but I, I mean, I don't know, it's... The people that went out on these, unfortunately, it seems to be large banks and huge corporations. So, yeah. Because, I, I mean, well, there's several different reasons, but I don't, what scares me the most about this is the possibility of it absolutely wiping out small and medium companies and yeah. gathering more and more towards the top. Yeah, I I think the I just saw today that Congress is working for another three hundred billion dollars in small business loans, I think. Yeah. After the Democrats shut that down the alone though. So, yeah. I mean I well, then you have the federal government practically owning most of those businesses. It's uh, not an amazing outlook. I don't know. I've been. I've. I've always been very um, rooted, I guess, in capitalist ideals. Mm -hmm. But you can't look at the United States and call it a capitalist system even. You can't even no. champion it as a capitalist system. No. I mean, it's the closest, I think, in the world to being a capitalist system, but definitely not Maybe. Here. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many. I just, I don't, there's too much... Uh, I don't know how you go about it because you want to regulate large companies, but they actually want, they should welcome regulation because it drives out smaller companies. It's a, 
it's harder to enter the market with all these with regulations and just to get to the size to have the efficiency to even play with the big boys I suppose depends on the regu- regulation but yeah well i don't know i don't think it'd be a far stretch to say that most um industries are oligopoly not monopoly but oligopoly (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. i'd say a good percentage are and i don't what is your opinion on that Mm. (laughs) that's a hard one um I suppose that's just, anyway, for me, that's a fine line between letting business run its course and limited government involvement and determining, you know, are they, is this too much control for one company? Like big tech companies like Google. I mean, traditionally, people who will say no government involvement in business, you know, like hands-off approach are saying Google needs to be split up or these big tech companies have too much control. So I don't know. It's, it's, that's a very hard question to answer because, you know, if thinking from a company perspective, I mean, obviously the com- any company wants to be the best. They want to have the biggest market share. And that's just how companies kind of roll. That's what they're striving for is profit well, most the majority of companies are striving for profit and a big market share. And so when government comes in and, you know, there's no, you can't do this, no, you can't do that. Like that's cutting back on their market share. It's just depends on how you look at it, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. I, in order to make that argument, you would have to say that the market is even free to begin with. And I don't think it is. I don't think it's free enough to even have that opportunity. Yeah, I suppose not. As in, there are already so many pressures and there are already governmental regulations that benefit that large company. Not to mention some of the funding or the seeding of some of those companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And contracts, defense contracts. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Fair I, state. What's that? Sorry, you cut out. What did you say? I said those are all fair statements. What Thank I just you. said. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Uh, I have some dead air while I think for a second. Okay. Tell us, tell us something. Tell me a story. Well, I think. Story? Yeah. I, I don't... I'm How have you been? Me. This is a bunch of dense uh, economic <laughs> stuff. Tell us something about your... Uh, you have a boyfriend now, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> wow. How's that? Tell us about okay, love. Right. Tell us what? About love. Oh. Ooh. Yay. That's it? That's all I get? <laughs> no, I don't talk about emotions that much. I don't know. You don't talk about emotions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's like, great. Good relationship. <laughs> That's all we're going to get out of you? 
What do you want me to say? I don't... Whatever you want to say. (laughs) (laughs) I guess if it's nothing, then we'll move on. Are your horses still alive? Do you still have horses? Yeah. Two horses. Two horses? How are they? They're good. Yep. Do, mm-hmm. do you still compete? <laughs> um, well, all the shows so far have been canceled, so haven't for a while. But <laughs> you would be. I, I mean, I had two uh, two shows, one in March and one in April, that I was planning on going to, but those were at posted through the University of Finley and closed down. So yeah. What do you think about the close down? Um, I I don't know. I think people were so afraid and so, you know, completely uneducated that I think it's scary how quickly us Americans who pride ourselves on our freedoms and liberties gave up our freedoms and liberties for security but now we're looking back at the numbers and the models and they're multiple 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 times lower than what they were saying at the beginning in terms of death rate and in terms of infection rates and I don't know I've been getting I don't know it's aggravating for me it's it's aggravating because I mean I just seeing the impact that it's having on people and on, you know, 10% of the workforce lost their jobs within weeks and the higher, the number's higher than that now. So, I mean, what's, we got to balance lives saved with livelihoods lost. And I don't know, I'm getting stir crazy personally. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So you've been like home, you've been on lockdown the whole time? More or less. I haven't. I still go to the barn every day, but mm-hmm. uh, occasionally go to the store. But my, so I was working for the company that owns the gathering restaurant in downtown Finley. Mm-hmm. And obviously they closed. So even though I did other stuff besides the restaurant stuff, I was like solid 85% of my work is doing that. So I thought I had too much work to do. So I've just been studying and doing schoolwork and reading and yeah yeah I can imagine how you could go stir crazy it's like I'm still going to work every day but I'm like on the weekends I kind of have been going stir crazy yeah (laughs) luckily it's nice out if it wasn't nice out I think like if it was winter or something right now yeah that would not be good I probably would lose it I mean even the like days that are in the 40s and cloudy it's just yeah depressing so depressing I'm living like a little bit south, so it's it's actually like ten or fifteen degrees warmer almost every day. Oh, that's okay. great. Where are you? I'm in Bloomington, Indiana. I don't think I know where that is. Yeah, it's where <laughs> Indiana University is, but it wouldn't help you. Do you know where Indianapolis is? Roughly. About an hour south. More or less, yeah. 
Neat. <laughs> you don't seem very enthusiastic today. I'm not a very enthusiastic person. Sometimes you are. I've seen you get worked up. <laughs> when? I don't ever remember being worked up. Oh, you'd get worked up fairly often, I think. <laughs> no. You had you had quite a personality. Have probably. I haven't talked to you in a while. Mellowed out a little bit, I feel. Mellowed like. out even more. Even more? <laughs> like what kind of personality you say how to begin with? <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> you don't like me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sorry. Wait, why what? Wasn't was I mellow in high school? No, not really. That's what I was saying. So you said I mellowed out even more, well, but I'm that I was already mellow. <laughs> <laughs> mellow, but you had your you had moments where you were not mellow. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You would get you get laughing, get worked up or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spanish class, physics class. <laughs> See? How's uh, your birthday doing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I haven't talked to her. I think I sent her an email when I got back from Spain, but that's the only contact. What? Why do you ask? Because you brought up Spanish class. Mm. True, true. My little sister has her now. She like her? She like <laughs> Spanish? Uh, I don't know. I think sometimes she does. I think a lot of times she does not. Feel that? You didn't like it? Or just sometimes? Well, I mean, I liked it a lot, but I, I feel like I, I feel like when I was doing Spanish, like in Spanish class, I like it, but I liked it, but looking back now, like I don't have very good memories of it. I you don't like have good it. memories? Why not? I just Maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. I like Spanish. We're just going to go with that. Spanish is a great time. I dropped my minor. I was minoring in that at the beginning. How many things were you minoring in? (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I started off, well, first I was going to major in math, but then Mr. Gherkin ruined that for me, taking calculus with him, because I couldn't stand 7.46 in the morning, him walking back and forth in front. I'm like, Calm down, like oh my gosh, that yeah. Um, so then I changed. I was, first was <laughs> second was majoring in accounting and a minor in Spanish, and then the end of my first semester I added finance, and the second there's like two accounting emphases. So I added the second one in finance at the end of my first semester, and then the beginning of my sophomore year I switched my minor from Spanish to economics. And then 
this past semester, this last, end of last semester, I changed it to business management. Yay. And here you are. Yes. Are you happy with your decision? Yeah, I think it, I think it'll be good. I mean, I, I like. Do you like managing? Do you have any experience with managing? Um, no, but I like the class. <laughs> <laughs> I like the classes that I have to take for my finance my, or my business management minor because I'll have to take like HR, quality management, like Six Sigma stuff, which is really fun. So I think mm-hmm. it, it could be good, not necessarily like man- because of management, but just because of the overall business. What do you stuff see yourself doing with that i mean a minor really doesn't well no no no. like in general what do you see yourself doing in life Um, what are you going to do in life so i'm currently studying to take the level one of the cfa exam in december and which is uh, chartered financial analyst okay it's like investment management portfolio management um the the part that interests me is like research analysts. So doing there's a lot of research analysts that have their CFAs because he's doing like almost like all the back work to recommending what to invest in, like looking at all the complex mathematical numbers and you know theories and statistics and all that sort of stuff, which is really cool. But I don't know, down, like, big, big lifetime goal, like, years down the road goal is would be to be a CFO, but got a long ways to go to get there, you know? <laughs> I haven't even graduated from college yet. <laughs> yeah, you probably do have a little ways. Mm-hmm. What type of... Like, dive a little bit into that if you can. Tell me what interest you what like give me some some hints of what to look up as far as like your research as far as what patterns you look for um well last hold on a second let me like clarify again good job thank you (laughs) sorry to interrupt you what do you like yeah give us a personal financial you want me just to spit it out? I'm trying Go to think of how to. Come on. <laughs> from a, we'll start with from a personal standpoint. If you were looking at portfolio management, what would you look for? Um, well, I'd go back to my to my financial statement analysis class that I took was probably my favorite class that I've ever taken. It's just looking at finding. Basically, the class is finding the intrinsic value of something. So, using all the fundamental factors to come up with you know, future class, future cash flows. You know, build the company has good, good management, good this, good that, and that all makes for a good stock to invest in. So, I mean, looking at the quantitative versus qualitative factors. I mean, qualitative is a little easier to talk to without getting into all of the Question. Do you even think fundamentals matter anymore? Um, I don't. 
I have, there's two, you know, Finley is kind of small. So like there's the two main finance professors that I take classes with. One is a fundamental investor and one is a technical investor. So I just kind of get, I haven't come up with, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not, I don't know. I haven't got to the point where I know enough to say what do my investment is. Do you is. trade? No, I don't. Why not? Um, I I do. I I did. We had there's like a simulator that you can do. I had to do mm. for one of my classes, mm. but um, I don't know. I it's really hard for me thinking of finance overall because people think that accounting and finance are like similar, but they're not at all similar. No, and accounting is so set in stone where finance is so big thinking you know that sort of thing but what where i see myself is like somewhere in between where i'm using like the theories that i mentioned and you know testing stuff coming up with ideas um coming up with rules whether they're followed or not not necessarily i think stock market like actually investing is so far so far I don't know. I just don't click with it very well. I like looking mm. at the more analytical, like thinking through stuff that way rather than just. So yeah. in in terms of like capital investment, then then as opposed to, uh, I guess yeah, as opposed to stocks. Like, mm-hmm. but if you were if you were looking at a personal portfolio, I guess how else would you? Where else would you throw your assets if you don't want to really look into the stocks? I mean, look, looking into the stocks is the part of that that interests me is the analytical side. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But yes, like capital investments, I got a taste of that in my last internship, a very brief overview of how Marathon does it. And it was, I mean, that's, that's really cool too because that's kind of, same big ideas, stocks, but with, you know, still looking at how much I've been going to get out of this. Like, what's the return on this? More it's tangible, big, actually. Yeah. I mm-hmm. would think. And a lot more, a lot more predictable, probably. Yeah. So what type of modeling do you use? Tell me about a cool method to model. Um, so I can need to whip out my financial statement analysis news right now, but I won't. <laughs> Um, come on you didn't come prepared with notes i seriously no i have i wrote down stuff on crude oil see um wow i feel privileged it's i mean it's good i'm gonna like pin this up my bulletin board or something (laughs) Uh, yeah i don't know where that is so we're not gonna do that um so the basic like the most basic basic way of looking at it is like just discounted cash flow model which is very basic in terms of stocks but going back to like the crude oil stuff one of the classes that i'm taking now is finding the intrinsic value of derivatives like a crude oil futures contract like this literally what i did today so i mean that's kind of fun too just looking at see i can find my notes on that Yeah, forward and futures pricing. So basically, the 
the value of a futures contract to the value of the crude oil contract that went negative today is equal to the price of actual crude oil now. So like the spot price, we call it, not the futures contract, but the spot price. And then the whole value, of, the whole concept of time value of money comes into play. So discounting back in time based on the interest rate that you're going to get, you're adding any sort of cost that comes with holding that contract and subtracting any sort of money that comes in like a dividend or a in terms of bonds it would be a coupon payment mm-hmm. and then just multiplying that forward by the um the interest rate to t which is time so it's with one year six months what, whatever what kind of an, what interest rate do you use i mean that's given in all the problems that we work through but oh it's just whatever would I you use it, like what you think inflation is that, at the time the the interest rate most times is use like three percent. Use like a, I think most of them are based on some sort of treasury security plus the inflation expected inflation is what's wrapped into that. Okay. Yeah, I usually just guess like three percent and try to beat. It. <laughs> that works. That works too. Very logical in Bible books. <laughs> well, that's like general like inflationary. Yeah. Yeah, you could pick worse numbers than that. Mm -hmm. So what what is this analysis giving you, really? I mean, you're just trying to derive the value of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so say I find that a futures contract on, I'll just keep going with crude oil, is, say, it's worth $30. Like, that's what I say it's actually worth. Mm-hmm. But in on the market, it's actively trading at thirty-five dollars. So mm-hmm. when you buy, buy low, sell high. So you buy. That's what blash. That's what my my Chinese professor. No, South Korean. South Korean. Sorry. He's trying to say blash, blash, blash. Buy low, sell high. Buy low, sell high. So you <laughs> you buy low, which would be the what the principles that make up what I say the value is, which is the current the current spot asset and then you invest money at the interest rate that you use in your formula and then sell so you're shorting the, f- the futures contract short it short sell it right long, but long short but how are you taking into account the market at all for that or the speculation on the commodity i mean that's the because to tell you i have placed puts on I'll give an example. I placed a put on MPX, Marathon, or MPC, sorry. Marathon mm-hmm. Petroleum. <laughs> last, not recently, last okay. January, expiring in like July. Mm-hmm. The value of that company was worth more than the stock price, but it never came close just because of how the market was looking at that stock. Mm-hmm. Or even right now, like, the actual value of oil is not negative $37 a barrel. Right. Right. So how would you account for that at all? You're saying how, how does that account for what the. Because in my opinion, in my opinion, you can't trade on intrinsic value because nothing's even like, I don't know, maybe some things are, but from what I've seen, most things are not really even close to their intrinsic value. 
Look at yeah. uh, Ford versus Tesla. Mm-hmm. Well, I just say that the I think it's a lot of what's incorporated into that formula is that like the time value of money part of things plus mm-hmm. that. I'm questioning my knowledge of derivatives. Um, <laughs> um, I suppose, so basically, like, say I execute that strategy that that I mentioned, you're right in that whether, that whether I make money off of that or not, like, all of that is dependent on my assumptions being right. Like, any sort of strategy that any trader makes to try and make money is dependent on whether they're, the assumptions that they baked into their model are correct or not. So if, if they're not right, then they're not going to be making the money that they think they're going to be making. True. However, <laughs> you could do that model completely correct. Say you knew the exact intrinsic value of the thing, but the market might not it, it might not care what the intrinsic the, value is. So the, the point of the point of executing an arbitrage strategy like that is because it's considered risk free. So we had we had to do spreadsheets basically mapping out what the strategy was, how much money were investing at at time zero versus how much we get at expiration or whatever. And the the amount of that is always, should always, if it's a perfect hedge, perfect balance should be your risk-free rate. My head exploded when I found that out. Okay, we were going through problems and I was completely lost as to what was going on. And then it equaled five percent, which is maybe we put in the beginning. And cool, that's cool. I'll send you spreadsheets, Clay. Do it. I'd like to look at it. Okay. Do you think that it would have application in real life, though? Yeah. I mean, this stuff that I'm learning in this class right now is literally a lot of the high-level material that's covered on the CFA exam that I'm studying for now. And that's what's used by. Like the material covered in that is completely irrelevant to what portfolio managers and investment managers and risk managers are using. Hmm. Yes. It just, I have to say that I don't think that it can work because otherwise everybody would be doing it, right? Well, yes. I mean, that's the point of like an arbitrage like that. There's, there's people whose livelihoods. They, they depend on finding these disparities. But yeah. when, when they find them, I mean, just like that, like maybe just a few hundred trades and it's back to equilibrium. Hmm. It's very interesting. Maybe, I guess, I don't know. Maybe I haven't studied uh, commodities or derivative markets much. So maybe. That's oh, wow. Tulips and... uh. Where did that happen at? Did you study that in econ? What? The tulips? Tulip? Yeah. You haven't? I have no idea what you're talking about. What are you talking about? <sighs>
Laura, what in the world? I did my, my googling. What did I, look I can't up? even uh, Tul- look up tulips. like tulip speculation. In like the 1700s, in some country, I want to say like Belgium or something like that. Holland. Holland. Tulip mania. <laughs> yeah, they drove the price of tulips. In the period in the Dutch Golden Age during which contract prices for some bulbs of the recently introduced and fashionable tulip reached extraordinarily high levels and then dramatically collapsed. First speculative bubble. First speculative bubble. I'll have to read up on this. Extraordinarily interesting. I don't know. We're in, I think we are in a giant bubble. I think we're going to. Try to continue to inflate our way out of it. But modern monetary theory, y'all. <laughs> however much money you want. No inflation. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't believe it. <laughs> nope. 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 It's just, it's, a, it's really a lie. I don't know how you could believe anything else but AOC says it's true does she she should be against it I don't understand like there is no politics are just awful right now there's no left Mm -hmm. or right no it's yeah no I literally just had this conversation with my parents tonight because we got our mail-in ballots you know oh because we yeah. can't vote in person. It's just, I don't know. Even Republicans aren't, you know, they aren't acting in a conservative fashion, in my opinion. Gosh. We have a guest. No, they're not at all. And there's, I don't know. What's weird is I almost, man, my speaker got weird there. How's your cat? What's what's the name? It's Annie. What is it? Annie. Annie. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Indoor cats. (laughs) (laughs) Um, where was I going? I don't know. I don't know. I think the left fringes and the right fringes are almost close to each other. Minus, minus social uh, issues. Mm, so yeah, <laughs> let's let's not get into that. I just I don't know. I don't even think I think social issues are such a waste of time for the most part. <laughs> what? <laughs> like they spend so much time arguing over social issues that no, like it, they really don't matter. I mean, some of them do. Haven't. If you haven't noticed, it's kind of a, you don't hear about that anymore. Like, I haven't heard about that since this whole entire pandemic started, you know? You don't hear about anything. It's just, we're all going to die. Conveniently, a lot of things have been silenced. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I mean, where does $4 trillion go, though, without a lot of abuse in that? I don't know. 
You tell me. You tell me, Laura. No, I don't want to tell you. I don't Why? know. Just I don't know. That's what... I just... I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. The whole system is messed up. And I can't find my paper on the Federal Reserve that I wrote in senior year. <laughs> you wrote a... Wait, you wrote a paper on the Federal Reserve? That was Reserve? my persuasive essay. You didn't let me read this? It was on oh, abolishing the Fed. Oh. But then I think yeah. I changed my mind at the end. And we I was like, we can't live without them. Unless we blow everything up. That's, that wouldn't be a good alternative. Mostly metaphorically. <laughs> Somewhat literally. Maybe literally. <laughs> I don't know. We'll be... Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say that. So, it's yeah. just any... This... Like, you can't have a system built on debt without building a bubble. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's possible. And our whole system is entirely built on debt. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't allow any efficient and poor operating companies to fail. They can just keep taking on debt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So that's what I mean. There's no fundamental. That's why I don't even think... The market is not tethered to anything intrinsic. Tell you the truth, I don't think there's really been much growth in our economy at all except for debt. I suppose, fortunately. I don't know. And here's where you may contradict me. This is kind of a leftist thing, but wages need to increase. Explain your reasoning. Well, Miss Economist, I'll send you a little. Oh my gosh. Uh, I told you, I'm not an economist, okay? I'm okay. an accountant and a finance person. Okay, listen to this. There's, this. there's a graph. It is GDP and male median income. Okay. Same graph, okay? The axis is like dollars and time. So from the like foundation of America, it's probably not actually that far. It's probably like 1900 or 1880 or something. They increased lockstep. 1973, GDP soars. Median income is flat. Completely stagnant. So you're saying... It hasn't grown. It's not growing with GDP. But I I think it has to go up because here's the problem. There's too much. This might sound terrible to you, but there's too much money at the top. Yeah, you really are sounding like a leftist right now. (laughs) Where I would disagree on it is probably how to distribute it. But there is too much money at the top. The problem is it... Well, here's a little, I'll quote scripture for you. (laughs) He who has much, much will be given. And he who has little, even that will be taken away. If you have money, it's literally physics. It's like gravity. Your money will attract money. And it just sucks it to the top. And then your system is going to get fragile. Like, a, a billion, like... Not a billionaire, because a billion is not even that much. But multi-billionaires 
it's hard for them. Like as a percentage of money spent, they're not even spending that money. That money's not even being invested or spent or moved around. It's just somewhere. It's just digits in a bank account. So it's not even active. Do you get what I'm saying? Or like how much of our money is tied up in that or tied up in in markets that provide like the stock market really provides no well it does when people actually have ipos but beyond that if it's if a stock just continues to rise in value above its value there's really not anything there's no value added to it to the economy so how do you propose that you get the money out of the top Good question. Very good question. <laughs> that is the ultimate question, probably. I think... I don't know. This might... You might have to tax... You're probably going to have to tax some of the corporations. The, there's, this, there's a very fine line between efficiency and redundancy in a system and i think i don't it, any if you get too efficient meaning you have like one monopoly or, or an oligopoly that runs completely efficient and runs every small business out of you're going to have a very brittle system mm-hmm. okay so you want to balance between small companies medium companies large companies to have a nice Diverse ecosystem. <laughs> I got into this actually studying ecological networks. And there's a guy, if you like the math and the models, there, there's this really good paper. It's a physicist, an ecologist, and an economist. Walk into a bar. Write a paper. <laughs> on They use, it's called ecological network analysis. And it has, there's like applications of it in every field. There's also an interesting guy that wrote this paper about, I'm really tangenting. I didn't answer your question, but he wrote a paper about like how money follows laws of physics. Hmm. And he equated it. Well, he used some like Pareto distributions, but then he also like equated it to like water, like small streams and then rivers and then an ocean. Mm-hmm. And like when you run the numbers on them, I forget what type of math he's even doing, but it like lines up perfectly with uh, wealth distribution. Is tangenting, tangenting a word? Tangenting? Going on a tangent. Tan- <laughs> Tangentially speaking. Tangenting. Tangenting. <laughs> I'm gonna start saying that now. I like that. <laughs> it's a new word. Tangenting's been invented. Tangenting. I don't know. How would you how would you propose getting or do you not think money needs to come back down to the bottom at all? I personally don't understand the hatred for big businesses. I don't. I I, I don't it's know. Not a hatred for big business, in my opinion. Not from not from me, at least. Like, not at all. It's I, just... I don't... I guess I don't understand. Like, you look at some of the lawmakers on the left saying that 
we shouldn't have this money going to businesses at all. It should go straight to the individual. And I say, no, it shouldn't. Like, if you don't give... <laughs> I mean, this is such a strange time, but if, if companies can't afford to employ people, then, I mean, what's the point? I think... I don't know. I just think yeah, but that, what what company that is that size can't afford to employ someone? That I mean, that's true. That taking taking it out of this this time, just in in general, just big businesses in general. I mean, think of the think of the the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that have their livelihoods because of that. No, I agree. I think business does great for people, but. Actually, I just came up with the idea simpler than whatever I was saying before. Increased wages. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I meant to say. I mean, but, but how many how many people who get who live on who work for minimum wage actually that's their sole livelihood. I mean it's not what is their other livelihood? If they're living with someone else that's making money? I mean, a, a large percentage of minimum wage workers are high school or college students. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm thinking from an economic standpoint. But how many people are working minimum wage or just slightly above for a long time, if not life? I'm sure a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You can't say, like, I understand that me saying that don't increase minimum wage, people can take that into saying that, you know, whatever I want to say about me. I'm not, but, I'm not even saying to have a government mandated minimum wage. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with that. I just think state companies state? should pay more. No. State by state, just by a company basis, depending the on the company should probably pay more. But they don't they haven't had to. I don't know how. There's pros and cons to that argument, I guess. Sure. I don't know. If you look if if Amazon paid their workers more, I bet most of it would flow right on back. <laughs> Walmart paid people more. They'd go spend more money at Walmart. I mean, but the, to to a degree, there's always the diminishing principles that fall into that. I mean, if you pay people five dollars more, you're not going to get five dollars back. Yeah, you're right. But it, then again, I mean, I don't think all of that money has to be. I don't. I mean, I'm a big saver. I don't like spending money, and I think that's a lot of a lot of the cries of financial distress. In my opinion is due to lack of financial responsibility on a lot of people's parts because I look at some of the people in their 20s and 30s that I know. I'm like, what are you doing with your life? I mean, they maybe have a good $40,000, $50,000 job, which is enough for a lot of people in that age to live on modestly. But if you don't know how to, how to manage that, I think that's also a big problem. Yeah, I agree. I think savings is a good thing. I think I don't I don't. I don't think. I mean, there's studies that show a lot of people just aren't just completely not at all prepared for retirement. They have no idea what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're not saving enough money at all. Mm -hmm. I agree. 
I don't I don't think there's much of an incentive to save though. No. No. It's actually That's negative incentive to save. <laughs> you actually lose money if you save it. Very low interest rates. Yeah, if we assume our three percent thing again. <laughs> I guess I don't know how to phrase it. I'm playing these ideas out with you as a devil's advocate. So I'm not saying, oh, big business, bad labor. <laughs> I'm not like pro labor union or something by any means. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm very strongly capitalistic, but I think I've started to think that it's not, this isn't a free market system. So you can't pick and you can't pick the ideals of capitalism and then apply them to, a system that is not a free market to make a point like to, Oh, it it doesn't work that way. There's a lot of people who argue that economic theory is just completely irrelevant now, which I wouldn't, I don't don't think it's that. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people think that supply and demand based on all the technological influences on it just doesn't, it doesn't hold anymore. I don't, I don't see that being true, but maybe it is. I mean, that's depends. what a lot of people, yeah, depends on the I product think, or the service. Yeah, but how much is data and attention worth right now? Data? Yeah. How much data's, is your data worth? Data's booming right now. Data's cool. I'm taking a data analytics course right now just for fun. I know it's it is it's fun I did well I I've done some of it I like it I'm not sold on big data though I think it's a double-edged sword Mm -hmm. I think I mean what I work in it with is more internal company based rather than taking consumers data that's what I'm talking about yeah yeah, if you're not paying for the product, you're the product. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. I don't know. That's what. That's what. If you want to talk about big tech companies, that is scary. Mhm. Yep. Really is. I don't know. I just think you probably have to be vigilant on that. It's more. I don't know. It's kind of power at this point, almost as much as it is money. Got to read read the fine print before you hit accept all well, of that. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> You're already suckered. <laughs> <laughs> Big Brother is watching. Actually, I don't know. It's starting to look more and more Orwellian. Mm-hmm kind of depressing that, thing to say but that was a depressing book to read yeah I hated that book well getting close <laughs> what nothing just laughing you know there's actually a a proposition to look into um what is that called like before you commit a crime to actually arrest you, what would that be called? Like pre, um, 
Oh, so like in Captain America, and they had all the pinpointed people, like, you're a threat, you're a it's, threat, you're it's a threat. Stop. It's, Elimination. It's mind crimes. Mm. Yeah, that's not a good thing. That's not, no. Don't like that. No, why not? That's, I don't know. That's, what, do you like deal. that? Can you? Think you... It's a good thing? No, I don't like it. Okay. But... I don't know if this beast is ever going to stop. I think once it's set in motion. And probably some of it could be good. But you're going to lose freedom. Mm-hmm. The one thing that... See, if you want to talk about a surveillance state and how much in big data, okay. would it be beneficial? Yes, to a huge degree. What... What totally changes it, though, is is everybody being watched or are there some people that aren't being watched? And who is watching and who is feeding out the content? Who is guiding the directions? How? All right. Let's talk oh about gosh. big data. Let's oh talk about big gosh. data. Let's oh talk about gosh. the coronavirus modeling. Okay. How close were they to that? Not at all. Okay, so that's my point with, like, you can take numbers and warp them into, like, literally anything that you want. A model is only... Or you can miss. Into it. Yep. So that's why I don't... Under, if you want to take all this effort and stick it into data analytics or building an AGI, how do you... I don't know. I'm losing my. Are you tangenting? Yeah. Sorry. You got to interrupt me. I'm feeling You're very. You're tangenting. Shut I'm up. going off today. And I'm, I can tell that it's not entirely coherent. I'm just leaving. I'm trying to leave bread, clu- bread crumbs places. Bread crumbs. Yeah. Maybe people will pick up on them. Nobody even listens to these anyway. So. Sweet. It's basically just a one on one conversation. I don't know. I'm not very, I'm not entirely optimistic right now. Why is that? Um, like you're in the first stage of depression. <laughs> no. <laughs> you see, admitted you have a problem. Isn't that the first part? Admitting you have a problem? I don't know the stages. Isn't that? Admit is you a, have, no, denial, and then admitting you have a problem. Is it a and problem, then, though, to... To look at this that way. To look at the state of our nation in that way? Sure. I wasn't even talking about the state of our nation, but yeah, we could talk about that. What are you talking about? I don't know. Life. The state of our nation? I'll be right back. Oh, Laura, come on. You can't have this dead air. All right, everybody. Oh, she's already back. Just kidding. I thought I was going to have to say something on my own. Heaven forbid. (sighs) Laura, Mm -hmm. what do you think about the state of our nation before I go off? This was your question. 
You're supposed to answer this. All right, first. you want me to answer it? And I'll just sit here and nod along. You want mm-hmm. optimistic view or pessimistic view? What's your real view? I don't know. It oscillates. It oscillates. And I can make arguments for both. Okay. If you look at history, yes. there are several factors that would point to us being a declining empire mm-hmm. on probably the verge of collapse. Mm-hmm. But maybe fortunately for us, those collapses usually take like 300 years to happen. But I would say you definitely have a lot of the exact same factors in place. And I don't know if you can even write the ship at that point. I don't know if it's even a thing that can happen or if it just plays itself out. What say you? That's all. That's all. That's all? Do you want me to keep going? No, no, you're good. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think I'm... I don't think I'm there yet to say... That this is the beginning and the end. I don't know. I think I think by the end of this year I'll have a better answer for you. <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you what could get us out. War. Oh. Yeah. World War Two. Or that's what happened with World pre- War II. Preferable to war. Um <laughs> We need uh, the next technological advance. I think we've been stagnant since probably the 60s, 50s, 60s. What do you want, flying cars? <laughs> no, flying cars impractical and pointless <laughs> and dangerous and loud. <laughs> and a myriad of other reasons why there would oh be no reason gosh. to have flying um, how about space exploration? What about it? How about it? I don't know. I'm throwing it out there. Maybe that's the next area to grow. You can go mine precious metals off of an asteroid or something. Go set up. I mean, obviously a colony is incredibly far away, but. Is that. Is that even feasible? Is it I don't even know. Throwing the money at that? Hmm? Is it worth it to throw money at that? When to we throw have, money at space? Like when we have all the stuff going on here on Earth that we like could. What? I don't know. I just think like, is that is that really the answer? I don't know. What would be the next leap? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. I what else would you do? I don't know. I or maybe we could just maybe we should just uh, ride this. Maybe we should just destroy the world economies <laughs> and go through a stage of degrowth and um, destroy um, globalization and destroy commoditization and live in regional uh, city states 
state nations and grow food for ourselves and raise That's cattle. Like dystopian tale or something. <laughs> I you know that. Book. No, look, write a book. This could I'm blow up. Not writing this could a book. be the next I was games in, or when I was in Spain this summer, I was mm-hmm. there was a whole um, set of economists there that were I don't even know what, but they were talking about degrowth. This was their actual thing, degrowth. Hmm. It was literally uh, like a 90% GDP cut. That's what they were saying. To survive the global, the climate change catastrophe. Okay. Isn't that kind of insane? Spain is insane. Could you imagine a night? I'm not saying it's not what all the Spanish think is like a small little mm-hmm. group of yeah. under or post grad students. You know, is there a question? What am I supposed to say? <laughs> I'm bad at this. Don't ever invite me back on. You're done. It might be, it might have been easier in person. I don't know. Maybe. I don't even know. What's that? said six feet, of course. You might have the Rona. Probably. I don't know what we're even trying to get to for a conclusion to this. <laughs> we said a lot of things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is there any way you want to uh, wrap it up in a bow and deliver us something? Give us something hopeful on our way out. Hopeful? Yeah. Something optimistic. I, th- I think I'm being too negative right now. But I think that a lot of these things are important points. <laughs> You're going to be a slave for the next hundred years to the corporation. Hundred years? I'm going to live to be the 121? Wow. Of the, yeah, they're going to extend your living so that you can be a slave. I don't want to live any longer. I mean, no, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Any longer than I naturally would live. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) die. I don't know. What's a happy way to end it? Um, Tell something happy. Laura Harper is starting the revolution tomorrow. She still has faith in America. An empire in decline. We'll single-handedly save the world. I don't know. We have it too easy. It's too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I don't have anything super hopeful. Tell us something. I've been rambling. I sound, I'm not coherent tonight. This might get shelved. 
I'm sorry if this gets shelved. Fine. It's fine yeah. with you. Maybe we'll actually clip it. We haven't even clipped any of these, but I don't know if I can do the whole thing. Just include tangenting. Huh? Just you have to include tangenting. I have to take the tangenting out. But include the clip where you said tangenting <laughs> because that's the highlight of my night. That's um, the highlight of your night is tangenting. <laughs> tangenting. Mm-hmm. I think that's the antonym of segueing. No. Segueing. Tangenting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was trying to think of something. Um, you can't think of anything positive? Oh! oh! Yes! Okay, so you know Ohio's reopening on May 1st. Are they actually? Phase, phase one. Okay, that's what they're don't ruin my joy here, okay? okay. So we're tentatively opening phase one. In phase one, guess what? Critical business is allowed to reopen. What? Guess. No. You have to guess. <laughs> Why do I have to guess? Just guess. Um, restaurants. I mean, yeah, I think they are, but that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Horse shows. Did you give up? No. Um, ice cream. I think that's included in restaurants. It's already Maybe. open. Isn't it? I don't know what. What do you? Do? I don't know what you do that would be phase one. Go ahead. The gym. Oh, the gym. Yeah. Are you? You're into working out now. I have an Planet Fitness membership. A Planet Fitness membership. Time. Anytime. Like. Planet Fitness and Time Fitness. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's I don't think I've been to any Time Fitness. Spike Games. They just moved recently. And your Gymshark stuff. Yeah. You should have known. You've been converted. Yeah, I mean, I started running. No, my freshman year, I, like, half-heartedly worked out. And my sophomore year, I ran because I thought, like, running was the thing to do. And then, at the beginning of last summer, I changed, like, more strength training stuff. And, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. Except I've been back to running because the gym's good. Yeah. That is depressing. That is really close. It's tough because it, it becomes, like, an addiction. Mm-hmm. You need it to function. Mm-hmm. Just hopeful closing, okay? Will be open? Next month. I can't believe that they would actually open that right away. Actually open it until like mid-month maybe. But the, the thing is they're allowed to open. Okay. Mm. Allowed to open. That's good. We'll have hope. Yeah. That's my hope. All right. Well, Laura, thank you for joining me and surviving my tangenting. Yeah, this is a struggle. I know. This might be a struggle. I don't know. I'm going to have to, like, listen to it and see, like, where it really derails and stuff. Because I was not on my game tonight, but... Should have picked a different day. Different day? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, Maybe, maybe, like, Saturday would have been spot on. You couldn't do it Saturday, could you? I don't remember. I know I don't think I could. No, I couldn't. I was actually blind. 
All right. Well, thanks. Yeah. Yep. I'll talk Have to you later. Have fun in Indiana. Bye. Oh, I will. Bye. <laughs>